Hey friends, and welcome to the Moving Mountains podcast. Moving Mountains is a place to hear true stories of modern day miracles told by ordinary people just like you and me. My name is Paige, and I'm joined here in Alaska by my dear friends, Margaret and Bernadette, as we witness accounts of how God has worked in people's lives in big and small ways. As you listen to these stories of hope, answered prayers, and unexplained phenomena, we invite you to allow this space to inspire your faith and even to help you recognize the ways in which God is moving mountains in your own life. You're listening to part two of last week's episode. If you haven't heard part one, please return to our recordings to access the first half of this episode. We don't want you to miss any part of this story. I think the, the longest somebody had lived after being diagnosed with her type of cancer was 12 months and she lived 10 years. Um, oh, wow. So that in itself, yeah, is an amazing, amazing blessing and miracle. Um, and then just her faith life. I mean, the fact that um, she was able to go on this journey and carry this cross. And um, I think to be honest about, you know, where she was at with trying to understand how to trust and still have hope um, in the miracles that God was going to perform. Um, I think that is, there. there's just so much grace in that to me, to be so vulnerable and so honest and open about where you're at. Um, and then two, I mean, she had an amazing devotion to Mary. I remember her looking at me one day and saying, do you know what you're praying for when you say Hail Mary? Like, do you know what the purpose of a Hail Mary is? And I was like, I mean, you're praying to Mary, you're bringing your intentions. And she's like, during a Hail Mary, you're saying pray for us now and at the hour of our death. I was like, oh yeah, you are, aren't you? <laughs> and I mean, as a cradle Catholic, I've said probably a million Hail Marys. And I know, the, obviously I know the words, I know, <laughs> but I think what was striking was for my sister to sit there with cancer and to face death and to have this realization of Mary will pray for me. Like Mary is on my side. Mm. Um, that was just really profound to me mm -hmm. um, and really encouraging. Like, like I said, especially as a mom, um, when I'm thinking about whatever God's plan is for me, for my children, I just feel like it really um, opened my eyes to the power of a Hail Mary. Um, and then that kind of leads into the last miracle. I just think that my sister's journey um, changed my faith life. I'm constantly thinking about how she suffered, how she chose to carry her cross um, and how every day in life's very small moments, even, um, you know, how I can choose to carry mine and be positive. Um, I think just that change for me, um, it's just, it's really impacted me. So that's the story of my wow. sister. Wow. Wow. That is an incredible, painful, beautiful story. And I'm so sorry for what you went through, but also just, I mean, even hearing your sister's story is, 
it just fills me with joy in a way too, even though I have tears in my eyes because, you know, we've talked so many times on this podcast about how, yeah, we like, there are all these amazing healing or miracle experiences, but most of the time it's not that most of the time we're in this world that we're not made for. And we always go back to the fact that Jesus came and performed miracles so that we would have faith, but it was, it was meant to be a supplement, not the end. You know, it's, it's not a means to an end. It's actually a means to, Hey, you're not made for this world. Um, and what really stuck out to me, um, and spoke to me personally in this story, uh, initially, I think I'm going to be thinking about this story for a long time and thinking Mm -hmm. about your sister. Um, because the side effect of her surrender is really so miraculous. Yeah. Like the fact that she chose surrender, like, I, I mean, you know, even getting 10 years to live yeah. versus the 12 months that anyone had before, like that, I'm sure her joy and her disposition had so much to do with that because, yeah. you know, even in just pop culture these days, there's so much truth about, you know, what you manifest, you create in your life. And that's, that goes back to such a deeper level of who we are created in God's image and likeness. But just, just knowing myself in my own struggles and, you know, Paige and Margaret know me so well. Um, but there are so many times, like my default is doubt and anger and resentment, even in like the the smallest trials. And the fruit of that is more suffering every single time Mm. for myself and for the people around me. I mean, probably more for the people around me than even for myself. Um, My poor husband and children, he listens to this podcast, so I'm sure he'll be laughing that comment (laughs) (laughs) but just like her witness and who she was able to be for you but also all the people around her like the the moment where you say she was able to take that deep breath and speak to her sons in a loving calm manner no matter what like I can't even imagine being able to do that while having a headache Mm -hmm. and being nauseous like she probably was 24 7 for you know those 10 years of her life um but it's just like, you can really, you can really judge a work by its fruits. And it's just so obvious, the fruit of total surrender. And that is so inspiring to me to again, be like, okay, Lord, help me to have that kind of faith and to surrender to you, to accept the gift of, gift of faith. Cause I clearly cannot create it on my own as hard as I try. Um, but just, it's so obvious that the fruit here is joy and peace and upward movement in in a situation that really was like downward constantly in the way that the world would see it, you know? And so it really is astounding to see that fruit and, um, and also that image of the presence of Christ. I was thinking of myself and like, there are so many times that my disposition of not surrendering actually blocks that presence mm. versus it just clearly like exuding from her all the time. And so, yeah, this, I'm going to be thinking about this for a long time. Um, and I'm just wondering like, 
I, I love what you shared about the impact it had on yourself, but um, is there anything else that you could share about the impact that you saw on like specific other people around her or even just in general? I mean, you know, that's something that I was thinking about, um, you know, as I was pulling together my thoughts and at her funeral, um, for one thing, you know, it was very well attended. (laughs) Um, you know, she had a lot of people who, um, were following her story. And years ago, we had a GoFundMe for her, um, before her first round of chemo and, years later, like in recent years, she had doctors and nurses coming up to her going, Oh my gosh, you're Serena Madison. And they knew her, um, you know, either by GoFundMe or by, you know, word of mouth in our small little community that in our minds is small in Southern California, but that is not (laughs) small. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and I think that was what struck me most was just how many people, were following her story and knew her. How many people that I met for the first time at her funeral who she had not met, um, along with, of course, a lot of you know friends and family and others. But I think that was really profound to me was the fact that just her simple story um, had traveled that far. And I don't know what those people's relationship with Christ is like. I don't know if they have one or if they did or... Um, all I know is that they felt compelled enough to come to Christ and, and almost plead with him on her behalf, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, almost like go to, to, to bat for her, right. Like just to offer up another prayer for my sister. I mean, that to me, I think is what, what really, really was the way that I saw the impact of her. Um, it's just amazing. Wow. I have a thought or several. Um, first of all, thank you for sharing. It's kind of recent. <laughs> you know, yeah. you guys went through a lot. And I, I was thinking about that 10 years. I assume she had her boys in those 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, like God yeah. had a plan for that time. So, you know, somebody who gets a cancer diagnosis and it's, this doesn't look good for you could have just fallen into despair and not been able to produce life like incredible like that's just the fact that i don't Mm -hmm. know there's a lot there's a little obviously there are two huge miracles within her extended you know extension of life for however many years but god wanted those one of those boys um in the world which is so beautiful because it's you know it's a little bit of her in the world but um i was just thinking about when you shared how you went over and she's in her bed and she's asking how your day is. It's like, man, it's like the epitome of selflessness. And I've been reflecting a lot recently on deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And she, she was living it. You know, she Mm -hmm. was living that, that gospel message, which I think is in Matthew. I don't know if it's in any of the other gospels, but literally all she had was her words. Right. So because her body couldn't function anymore. And it was, okay, well, mm-hmm. it's not about me. Oh, woe is me. I'm laying here. I want to know how my sister's doing. Mm-hmm. Just for me, I think the big impact was the selflessness, right? Um, she she denied herself. She took up her cross, but she didn't do so 
in a state of look at me, look how, look, look how much I'm suffering. It wasn't about that. It was like, no, I'm going to live because I have this life to live. Um, and she followed Christ and then her suffering, you know, transformed hearts. And we talked about, I think we've talked about this quite a bit on the podcast is the beauty of suffering and the necessity of suffering and how there's actually a purpose to it. And we need to not try to avoid it, even though we, you don't naturally lean towards suffering. Um, mm-hmm. but how transformative it can be. I mean, you're an example and then people at her funeral, you've never met before coming out of the woodwork and just that's, that is the fruit of her life, right? Like that's the fruit of Christ shining out because yeah, people don't, people don't come to something if they're not passionate about it or inspired, you know, it's like she was shining this light that was just emanating out into the world and it's going to continue. That's the beauty of it too. Is like, it's shining through you right now. And like, sometimes you might think, Oh, this isn't really a miracle story. She died, but it is when we're all going to die anyway. You know, we've talked about that too. It's like, even if she had been spared another 10 years, like all those miracle stories, all those people Jesus raised from the dead, they didn't live forever, you know, and she's rejoicing in heaven now. So for me, that was just beautiful. Um, the epitome of denying ourselves is, is what she did. And I think we're very bad in our culture of taking up our cross because it's heavy and it's burden and it's uncomfortable and it's, it's leaving splinters and whatever, you know, on our heart and our soul and our bodies. Um, but truly there's no, there's no path to heaven without one. And so, yeah. you know, her cross was that. And then you had your crosses too, of, of course, walking with her on this journey of watching her suffer and knowing the, probably the end result. But, um, that's beautiful that you got to be on that journey with her and with Jesus, right? Cause he carried his cross too. And he knows. So yeah, yeah. beautiful. I don't know, just a beautiful message. And I'm so thankful for you sharing this because this is reality. You know, like Bernadette was saying, right. like a lot of the times it's not, you know, this huge giant miracle of whatever, you know, physical healing or, oh, I lived 80 years instead of the 10 they told me I was going to. So I think it's important to share this stuff and know that God's working in it. Yeah. And I love that you said that, um, you know, about taking up your cross, because I feel like this situation from the outside is almost seemingly like a hopeless situation, right? And it ended in a tragic death. Like, yes, that is correct. It was painful, right? Um, But I think to me, a lot of my grieving process was realizing how Christ-like she was um, in her suffering. And, you know, it's like at the end of the day, like this this is representative of the resurrection to me because she went through years and years of suffering of giving. Um, and you know, based on what we believe, she is completely happy, like in perfect harmony right now. Um, that's our hope. Right. Um, and that's the amazing thing to me is, um, you know, whenever I think about the resurrection, you know, and even thinking about, you know, the end of the passion, right. I'm assuming we have all seen that movie here, 
where you see <laughs> Jesus sit up, you know, from the tomb and it's like that you hear the drums and mm. it's like, yes, like it just feels so good. That's how I feel when I think about her, her story wow. and where she is now, because amazing. It's like, mm -hmm. yes, of course I miss her. Like, you know, I want her back, but also like she is so much happier than us right now. Like she's in heaven, you know, I mean that I know I can't technically make that claim, but like in my mind, <laughs> like she is singing with the angels and the saints, um, you know, in perfect unity. She is a saint. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying, but you know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> to me, you know, and that's the crazy thing, too, about what we believe and this contrast with our culture right now is, yes, like I said, it's hopeless. It's um, it's tragic um, in many ways. But I just think that this almost mirrored, you know, Christ's suffering. And that includes his resurrection, too. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Um what you were talking about with, you know, so many people showing up to her funeral and people you didn't know talking about just the ways that she, um, in her suffering and just in her joy impacted their lives. That reminds me so much of blessed Pierre Giorgio Forsati and mm. how after he passed after, you know, suffering from, uh, what was it? Polio that he had, um, something sure. like that. <laughs> and, <laughs> Um, Google. Yeah. So he's <laughs> suffering and he's silently suffering too. You know, he actually didn't tell his family kind of in the same way that your sister just like kept it a little more, um, made it seem a little less than what it actually was, you know? And, yeah. and then all at his funeral, all of these people show up that his family had no idea he even knew or knew him. And, that just made me think of your sister. And I feel like that is just the lives of the saints, you know, like this joyful mm -hmm. suffering. And then when they pass this standing room only for their funerals of people mm -hmm. that the people closest to them had no idea they even knew this many people, you know? Yeah. Um, so I just thought that that was, you know, also a beautiful comparison um, of your sister in yeah. Yeah, like the hope is that she is in heaven. And if she is in heaven, then she is a saint, not a canonized saint. But who knows, maybe one day, because um, it <laughs> seems like she definitely lived a life um, and suffered a life that, you know, is comparable to a saint. Um, yeah. My question, though, is, you know, so my sister also went through a crazy cancer um, battle as well. And actually, I think right when my sister was diagnosed, um, with the internal melanoma, I think that was right around the time your sister might have had a relapse of cancer. Cause I kind of remember us talking about it around the same time. Yeah. Um, and so I just remember, you know, we were all praying for this miracle of the Lord sparing my sister's life. And, um, and so many people praying for that as well. And so often, you know, the Lord's answer in the sparing of the life is no. And we see that that did happen to your sister. Um, so my question is, how did you and your family feel when this miracle that you were praying for of, you know, her life not to be taken? Um, the answer was, no, this is not the miracle that I'm going to give you. Mm, that's a really good question. 
I'll say firsthand, I probably can't answer on behalf of my family, but I will tell you, for me, um, you know, my prayer since, I mean, since we found out, I think for the most part has always been like, like there has to be a miracle. Like you have to spare her. You have to Mm -hmm. heal her. But I know that regardless, you're going to perform a miracle. And my prayer has always been, I know that you are working on something. I know that you will perform a miracle. And I hope, (laughs) he knows very well, that my hope was that it would be um, for her to cure her, right? And heal her. Um, But I don't know, you know, I have this memory that keeps coming back to mind right now. And it's when I was driving to (laughs) one of my classes in college, Um, and this song came on and during the bridge, it says, um, you give and take away Mm. and my heart will choose to say, blessed be your name. Oh, Mm. it makes me want to cry now. I just remember bawling when I heard Mm. that because for the first Mm. time I heard that song in a new way. And it was, I think that, I think that was the moment of he's working no matter what the outcome is. He Mm. is performing a miracle. He is. It's it's not the miracle is a one size fits, you know, the situation. It's only a you know, a healing. It's that this healing could be internal spiritual wounds in our family. It could be um, mm-hmm. you know, it could be anything, right? It could be something that we see, something that we don't see, something we never find out until, you know, we're dead. I mean, I don't know, like it could be anything. And so for me, probably since that moment, I'm assuming that moment was um, my realization, but my prayer has always been, um, I know that you're performing a miracle and my hope, and I ask that it would be a healing, but if it's not, I know that you're working. Wow. Beautiful faith. Truly. Because it's so easy for us in our prayer to say, God, I want this. And if you don't give me this, then you don't love me. And mm-hmm. if you don't give me this, you don't care, whatever it is. And that's not true. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard a priest say recently, God answers three ways. Yes. Not yet. And I have something better. And I never heard that before. I was like, oh, so maybe, you know, the death of your sister means that 50 more people, 30 more people live in eternity because of her witness. You know, it's like because of a death, so many more people get to live. Mm -hmm. You know, a life of fullness on this earth and eventually hopefully in heaven. Yeah. Honestly, um, even just this whole time, your disposition in this entire recording, it is such a testament to the fruit of her life. Mm -hmm. And we're just talking to one person who encountered her. And like, honestly, I was expecting to be crying like a baby a lot on this recording tonight, just knowing a little (laughs) bit of what we were going to be hearing about. And here I am just sitting here filled with wonder, honestly, and feeling so much joy. And I feel so inspired to faith myself. Um, And 
I, I really love the uniqueness of this episode because right now we're just being confronted with the miracle of eternal life. Like we Mm -hmm. love to hear about the miracles on this earth and it's so amazing. Like Paige's sister being healed of cancer is such an amazing story too. Um, but this is equally amazing in a very different way. Um, because we just can't avoid being confronted with the fact that we are all going to die and that everybody has their time and that no matter how we try to spin it, there's no way to figure out why. And I know from myself, I've mentioned it probably a hundred times on the podcast, like my own struggles with dealing with losing our first two babies and my struggle with letting go of why and not being able to make sense of that. You just can't make sense of it. And so this story, um, you know, we're just confronted with like, yeah, God was doing something different and somehow better. And we can't know why, but just seeing the fruit of one person who, whose life she affected is so beautiful because here you are, her sister a year later, clearly filled with such a deep faith and radiant joy that it's just really beautiful. Um, and Margaret, like something that you were saying was making me think about people are always so attracted to people who suffer beautifully. Like it's, it's always almost just shocking. It makes people stop in their tracks. And, and that person is so magnetic. Um, because I think people like your sister reflect what all of us actually ache to be. Um, like we all want joy but it's so fleeting for most of us because um, oftentimes we haven't figured out how to surrender. You know, it's again, it's not something we can do in our own, but we haven't, you know, surrendered to actually have that disposition of joy specifically in great suffering, which is where it becomes true and um, like, you know, fills us as a person. So it's also, it's making me think of, um, the book, He Leadeth Me by Walter Chizek. And just, if you have not read that book and you're listening, you should definitely read that book, especially if you struggle with like all of the reality of suffering in the world and, and why it exists, even though we have like an amazing God who loves us, but just, you know, going back to, again, someone who can suffer beautifully is able to, in a sense, like figure out the secret of life that, all of us want to figure out. And it's, and it's that, um, I mean, I haven't, I haven't gotten there myself, but it's all of us are just so attracted to someone who can have so much peace and joy and look forward to the next life. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I do feel really confronted and also thankful for the witness of her life. And that in this episode, we're like, okay, the miracle is actually, it, it ends in a sense with the death but then there's so much fruit that that we'll never hear about on this podcast, but that has to be out there just from what we've heard tonight. So good. I mean, I think it's in maybe John 15, uh, something about, um, I can't remember how exactly it's worded, but fruit, I want you to live and you produce fruit, fruit that will will last Mm -hmm. forever and we Mm -hmm. can have good fruit or bad fruit. And, the good fruit, obviously in the situation, like she did exactly what it says to do in scripture and she carried it with joy. So 
such a wow, powerful story. So powerful. And I am so sorry if I missed it at the beginning, but I also would love to pray for your sister because that's what we do as Catholics. We pray for the deceased. Um, and good yeah. for all of our listeners, could you just tell us her full name? Yeah. Serena Faith Madison. Okay. Thank you. I'll be praying Show for notes. her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Are we ready to transition to mini miracles, ladies and ladies? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I also just want to say really fast, Galen, I'm just amazed by your strength. Um, mm-hmm. Just especially like having been in a similar situation as you um, with the idea of, you know, potentially losing my sister, watching my mm-hmm. sister suffer. And, you know, one thing that really was so hard for me was I'll be okay, but I just can't imagine my sister's husband and children without her. Mm-hmm. That was just so hard for me when we were going through that. And so just, yeah, you know, you guys are just a little over one year, um, of her being gone from this earth. And, and I'm just so amazed by, yeah, your, your peace and your strength, um, and even your joy that you exude while speaking about her. Um, so I just really want to thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your story because, I, yeah, I kind of envisioned all of us just like crying, but especially you tonight, because I know <laughs> if it were me in your, in your shoes, I would like not even be able to form a sentence. I'd probably just be bawling the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I just want you to know, I'm just truly so amazed by you. Oh, thank you for mm-hmm. having me. I mean, just the opportunity to share her story is um really humbling and anything that like what you just described, the Uh, this like me speaking me sharing about her the strength that you mentioned I mean truly that's that's a piece of her like I feel like Mm -hmm. you know whenever people would hear about her story you know when I take time off of work and um you know to go take her to her appointments or whatever it might be um they'd always say like you're so strong and it just really you know of course like I feel like God gives me whatever strength I have but a lot of it too was my sister and it's a testament to how she handled this journey. Truly. I mean, I imagining going through it with somebody, um, you know, who would have every right to deal with it in a different way and maybe, um, show it in different ways. Um, mm-hmm. I, I probably would be reacting a lot differently and sharing the story a lot differently, but, um, yeah, it's just a testament to to the strength that, that she had and that she gave to us. Yeah, Absolutely. that's so beautiful. One other thing that just popped into my head, um, because like Berna said, we definitely want to keep praying for Serena. Um, we definitely have hope that she is in heaven, but we don't know for sure. Um, as Catholics, we believe in purgatory. Um, and with All Souls Day coming up November 2nd, you can do plenary indulgences for the souls in purgatory. And so I'll put that in the show notes of like what it would look like to do a plenary indulgence. But I just think that would be so cool if all of us listening could do a plenary indulgence for Serena. Um, Just, you know, you know, in case she is in purgatory, um, that way we can just get her to heaven just as quick as possible. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything to, you know, just help those who have passed 
from this life so that they can mm-hmm. be in heaven and eternal glory. Yeah. I always, whenever I pray for her, I always ask God to just have her send those prayers right back at me. Cause Lord knows I've probably made up <laughs> in my life. So if she's in heaven, like, just, just give them back to me. Like, you know, tell me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Prayers are never wasted. Never ever. Yes. I think we're going to transition now. <laughs> Great thoughts, ladies, though. Seriously. Um, again, Galen, thank you. So we're going to share many miracles from the last, I don't know, week, month, two months. And this is the time when we just um, bring up times the Lord has worked in our lives in usually kind of smaller ways, but sometimes bigger ways too. Um, so who are we going to have start today? Paige, you started at the beginning of the podcast. So why don't you start at the end of the podcast too? And just keep the order. <laughs> okay. Um, I have a couple, a couple of mini miracles <laughs> since it's been so long. Um, I'll start with my biggest one. So uh, two-ish weeks ago, Christian was in Texas for work. And last minute, uh, Maggie May, who you guys just heard on the podcast this past week, she decided to come visit again and help me while Christian was gone. So that in itself was a miracle. Thank you, Maggie May. Um, <laughs> however, while she was, while she was here and Christian was gone, um, in the middle of the night, Augie, my second born, it was the day before his second birthday. Um, he was just really sick throughout the night. And, um, I have been co-sleeping with Benny And that day I had just decided, you know what? He's waking up every two hours. We're almost at three months. I'm kind of tired of this. So I'm going to put him in the pack and play in our closet. So he has his own space. And, you know, maybe I'm like disrupting his sleep. Maybe I'm waking him up with like coughing or something like that. So I'm just going to see what will it look like to put him in the closet where he has like the sound machine to himself in his own space in like pure darkness. Um, And so I did it that night and Augie kept waking up throughout the night. He, when he's feverish, he tends to have bad dreams. And so, um, he kept waking up with bad dreams. So I was like, you know what? Benny's not in the bed with me. I'm going to pull Augie into the bed with me. And so I had Augie come into the bed with me, um, around like 1am probably. And then around 5am I woke up and, um, I woke up to Augie having a febrile seizure, Um, and so he, uh, yeah, he was seizing and also throwing up at the same time. And, um, it was one of the scariest moments of my life. Um, and so once he finished, thankfully it only lasted for maybe a minute. Um, but it was kind of hard to tell just in the grogginess of sleep and also adrenaline of, you know, something so scary happening. Um, I, I called Kyle because I was like, oh, it's, you know, he's he's a pediatrician. He'll know what to do. And it's definitely he's awake on the East Coast, but he was working. So he didn't answer. So then I called Christian and he didn't answer because he was in a training and I was just sitting there like, what do I do? Um, and I just heard this voice like, call Christian one more time. Like he will answer. So I called him again. He did answer. Um, and so he said, OK, you need to take him to the ER right now. And I'm like, it's 5 a.m., like Benny's probably going to wake up in an hour for feeding and Santi's sleeping. I don't know what to do. And 
like praise God that Maggie May was here because I was able to leave Benny and Santi with her and take Augie to the ER and also praise God, you know, everything was fine. His vitals looked great. Um, basically it was, it's just something that happens when kids can, when kids spike a fever too quickly is what they said. Um, and so, yeah, that was just everything. It was like, I keep telling people when I explain this story is it's God knew that that was going to happen. And so he set everything up so that we would be, you know, taken care of in that moment that I put Benny in the closet so that Augie, I would be with him when he had the seizure, because if I hadn't had Benny in the closet, then Augie would have been in his crib and he probably would have seized and none of us would have known about it um, or been there to I wouldn't have been there to like put him on his side while he was throwing up, you know? And, um, and then just the fact that Maggie May decided last minute to fly up here and help me out and was able to be here while, and like take care of Santi and Benny while I was able to just solely focus on Augie. Um, and, and then poor little guy tested positive for COVID and flu. (laughs) And, oh my gosh. Yeah. I like, you have both of them. I can't even imagine what your little body must be feeling. Um, but he is good now, you know, he, little children are so resilient. So all of that was just a huge miracle for me. Um, and then that was actually Christian's birthday that day. Um, and he was supposed to fly back late that night. So I wasn't going to get to spend his birthday with him, but because of the seizure, he got on the first flight out of Texas. So I ended up getting to spend his birthday with him too, which was special because I, I love birthdays. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so that was great. And then, um, another little mini miracle is that just with all the traveling Christian has done, he's racked up so many miles. Um, and so he was like, Hey, I want you to take these miles and buy a ticket and go visit Berna in Pittsburgh. And so (laughs) I get to go with Benny in like three weeks to visit Berna. (laughs) And I'm so excited. It's just going to be so amazing. And for some reason, it was a cheaper ticket to buy first class tickets. So Benny and I are going nice. to fly first class <laughs> to Pittsburgh. Because <laughs> no one wants to go to Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's probably going to be really beautiful. And I'm going to get to escape what will probably be snowy Alaska at that point. Awesome. Wow. Anyone want to follow that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will go next. Okay. Um, because Paige has me thinking of the miracle of all of the beautiful fall colors. They're, the window that I'm sitting outside of right now, um, it's pitch black at the moment because it's 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. But we literally have a rainbow tree outside of our window right now. And I miss so many things about Alaska, especially our wonderful friends. But um, I'm soaking in every moment of the miracle of nature right now because it is <laughs> so gorgeous outside as everything starts to change. Um, and the other thing that I want to share, this is a miracle that has happened over the course of the past couple months with just moving to the area. But with moving, I was very specifically praying that I would meet other wonderful Catholic moms in the same phase of life as me, um, just to be able to build community and, um, not feel super alone here, 
especially with leaving such an amazing group of friends in Alaska. Um, and it's just really daunting when you're moving to a city and you show up at church and your kids are screaming and you have to leave. It's just hard to like meet people, let alone the fact that I'm pretty much alone most of the time. Like Kyle's schedule is just so crazy. We're not going out and doing stuff together as a family a lot. Um, and so I, when I was working as a life coach still, I had a client who lived in Pittsburgh. She no longer lives here, but when she found out I was moving here, she gave me the, the number of another mom there. She's like, oh, this is a nice Catholic mom. She has a, an 18 month year old daughter and she's pregnant with another. Um, here's her number. And so I, after moving, I texted this girl and I was like, wow, she seems super nice. And she ended up coming over for a play date. And literally the first time we're talking, she's like, oh, I just want to invite you. I think it was the next day. She's like, tomorrow there's a playgroup meeting at 930 AM. Would you like to come? So I went and it showed up and there, there were like, I don't know, six Catholic moms, all with toddlers and babies in the same age, age group. And as you all know, moving can be very difficult. Like you walk into a group of a, a friend group and it can feel really awkward at first, or you can kind of tell like they're all being super nice and, um, and trying to be welcoming, but there's just that vibe of like, they all know each other so well. And so it can just feel, it can feel hard to like enter into a friend group, friend group. But that Thursday when I met this woman for the first time and Friday, I went to, when I went to the group for the first time, I just felt like I was having coffee with friends that I'd known for years they were all so welcoming. It was so much fun. I felt so comfortable. And they, it, they're all this, these amazing, like a hundred percent hardcore Catholic families. Um, and it, I was just like, how is this happening? How is it this easy to get tapped into a group like this? Um, and it turns out that the group, like they meet every week. Um, but there, I don't even know how many moms are a part of it. Cause like, uh, you know, people don't show up necessarily every week, but I've met, more families than I can count. I hosted playgroup a few weeks ago at my house. And I think there were like 29 people in my house. I was just, I was just floored that I just moved to the area and I didn't know anyone. And then my townhouse was literally packed to the gills so that there were like kids standing on the tables and like throwing my avocados and like, (laughs) (laughs) like literally you couldn't see the kitchen floor because there were so many stacks on it by the time people left. And I was just like, this is amazing. I can't believe that my house is already this full of people who are willing to show up um, and be my friend and create community together and raise our kids together. So that was just one of those times that I prayed very specifically for something. And then God just like dropped it in my lap, like bam. And I'm still shocked about it. I'm like, how did that happen? So that is my not so many miracles. (laughs) (laughs) And it's awesome because that first friend that Bernadette met, I know her, <laughs> which is so funny. <laughs> yeah, we were chatting. The world and is she's like, oh, Alaska. Yeah, I know someone. Uh, Paige. I was like, Paige Mendoza. I was like, you mean like <laughs> my godson's mom? <laughs> wow, love the Catholic world. <laughs> yep. This is the longest mini miracles we've ever done. Just for the record, <laughs> um, mine is not that long. I'm going to go next. And then Galen, hopefully you're ready. So mine's kind of twofold. Um, 
yes, I got to go visit Bernadette. Well, how, I don't know, six weeks ago now or something, Berna. And, um, so kind of a, a bonus is I've been, I have been looking for a kayak for like three, three years, two years. Um, and I don't want to just buy a random kayak. Right. And so a couple of weeks before I'm about to leave for Pittsburgh, Father Arthur, who is a, a wonderful adventurer and outdoorsman is always looking for deals. And he's like, Margaret, I found a kayak and it, I'm not kidding you. It was $400 off. So it was more than, <laughs> more than, more than, yeah, more than half off. And I said, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, but the only problem is, is they don't ship to Alaska. And I was like, no problem. I'm going to Pittsburgh. <laughs> and so I, after a very, very long time, finally bought a kayak, had it shipped to Berna's, brought it home with me. And I finally took it out on Monday. We had a gorgeous day. And it was, it was just a perfect fall day. We went out on, on a lake up here in Alaska and it was, the water was serene and there were ducks everywhere and I love ducks. Ugh. And so kind of all of that just kind of came together finally because September is an insanely busy month for me for work. And I hadn't, I didn't done any adventuring and it was the perfect kind of like, okay, this, <laughs> this month is finally coming to an end and I, I get to do this thing on this new cheap kayak and I'm so thankful for now. That's amazing. And I just have to share only when your friends from Alaska visit, do they show up at your house and say, oh, by the way, I'm having a kayak shift here. <laughs> <laughs> it's inflatable. I don't know if I said that. But <laughs> okay, <laughs> It's inflatable and it fits in a backpack. So I was like, okay, I can handle this. It was this. still amazing. Oh, yeah. I love the, I love the quote. So funny. <laughs> on to-do list, order kayak. <laughs> yep. All right, right Galen, you? you're on, girl. Oh my gosh. Okay, well... I'm just going to go back uh, to when we were moving because the day before we were supposed to fly out, um, I woke up with a very bad migraine. Um, And as a nursing mom, you can't really take anything. (laughs) As far as a prescription goes, you can take a little Advil or Tylenol technically. But um, this was, I've had migraines since I was seven years old. So a very long time now. And this was by far the worst migraine I have ever had. Oh my god! Um, and so I ended up in the urgent care. My father-in-law had to take me and my daughter because my husband was driving our car across country to Georgia. Um, and so he takes me to the urgent care. And the one thing that they can give me um, is basically a high dose of aspirin. And they told me that I could not nurse for, I think it was 18 hours was what he said he would recommend. Um, and I'm like, well, I'm flying tomorrow. And, um, the plan was to nurse and I was like, oh, I have a stash. Um, so I was like, okay, I have a stash. I just hope it's enough. And so in my mind, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, I have a stash. I might need to get formula, which we have not tried and is a little bit terrifying when you have a nursing baby who may or may not, um, take to formula. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, this is my only option. I need to feel better. So they, um, they gave me the medication and were monitoring me. And then I was like, Hmm, my pump is in the car with my husband. Um, and oh. so then I was like panicking, you can buy one at target, right? Like it's not a big deal, but I was panicking. And then I realized the day before my sister had given me a pump, a hand pump, um, out of nowhere that I was like, I don't think I'll ever use this. Like I have, a pump. <laughs> um, and here I was needing a pump and I had one 
And then I had the perfect amount of frozen breast milk. Like I used all of it except for um, a one ounce pack that I had. So that was amazing. Um, And then part two to that also related to the move is that um, we purchased, it's a new construction house. um, And we had not even walked through a model home at the time of purchasing our home. So the first time we saw our home was two days after I, or actually one day after I flew out here. So after that whole whirlwind, um, a day later was the first time that we saw our home that we're in now. And I think looking back, I'm amazed at how everything came together and just (laughs) how much we love this home, having never seen it before. And how much peace God gave us because knowing what I know now after moving and going through everything um, and purchasing our first home, um, I think it went as smoothly as it could. And I'm just really grateful for that. Awesome. (laughs) That's amazing. That is amazing. (laughs) Wow. Not so many, many miracles, guys. Yeah. Yeah. It was like 15 (laughs) minutes of many miracles. (laughs) That's what happens when we don't record for two months. It's true. Yeah, there's long. there's a lot more where that that came from, but we'll be recording again soon. So anyway, thank you so much, Galen. It's such an amazing episode. And I'm just thankful that more people are gonna hear about your sister's life and her testament to the the beautiful faith in Christ that she had. And I will, like I said, I will be thinking about Serena for a long time and praying for her. So let's close in prayer together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for Serena's life. And thank you so much for the group that we have here tonight and the movement of your spirit um, as we heard about her life and her journey of suffering and joy and triumph in the end. And we pray for Serena's soul that if she's still waiting for eternal glory with you, that you would accept her soul into heaven um, for everlasting joy with you. And we also ask Serena to pray for all of us, to pray that we would be able to have faith like her and to come to know true joy. Um, Like the Lord said, joy, not as the world gives, peace, not as the world gives, um, but as he gives. And We just ask that you would bless all who hear her story and help us to think of her in our times of suffering um, and to turn to you like she did. Help us to have joy and to exude that to others, no matter what we're going through. Actually, especially when we're going through the most difficult times, help us to follow her example of complete surrender. And we ask this in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Amen. Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Venerable Fulton Sheen. Pray, pray for, for us. us. Pray for yes. us. Awesome. Thank you so much, Galen. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. 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 Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Moving Mountains podcast. If you have a miracle story to tell, please call our hotline at 412-449-9609. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Moving Mountains Podcast AK. We encourage you to subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and share our podcast with others. We'll see you next time.